Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hi, this is Angela Fay, and today's podcast is about local. And the story starts for me a little bit uh, because I invested in a buy local app as part of my marketing plan when I started the co-working space years ago. Uh, in fact, it was like five years ago. And at the time, the idea of introducing a fun, easy application that actually connected people locally to shops and services they loved was, was my intent. And while the initiative had early interest, it definitely did not stick. So now I have inside scoop on how hard it is and the effort that it takes. And I learned that focus is one key to experience longevity in, a, in an initiative. I've also been intrigued at the number of buy local projects and campaigns that have launched in 2020. I felt some were crisis response, some were opportunistic, some were very heart-centered, but intentionally temporary. What they all had in common, however, was something that we always have known and perhaps need to be more focused on is the joy and community benefit of supporting local. And so I went on a quest to find a focused, joyful, high energy, and entrepreneurially led by local initiative with longevity. And I discovered Matt Crowell. This is one entrepreneur uh, in Canada who is living and breathing local through his passion-driven work. So first of all, welcome Matt to Canada's podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's uh, great to be here today. Perfect. So uh, let's just start. I mean, this is this is about you. So tell me about your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's been quite the, it's been a fun one, I guess. Uh, I've been really lucky to be where we are today, but it, it really started out like many do, very small. I mean, uh, I was looking to solve a problem in uh, in Kelowna and help golf courses market themselves locally. And uh, it was really just based on that. It started out very simple, a, a simple text platform and and it's grown to, uh, it's grown quite a bit over time, but it was just sort of getting started and trying to solve a problem very early on. And how long ago was that, Matt? It's about eight years ago now. Yeah. So it's, uh, it feels like yesterday, but it's been quite a while. And are you a golfer? <laughs> I used to be before I started a company. <laughs> yeah. I started it because I wanted cheap golf deals and now I don't right. have any time to golf. Of course. Awesome. Okay. So you're not spending a lot of time on the golf course. What, what, how did, how did you get from solving this golf connection to get in the loop, which is now a national, you know, SAS platform that really has the essence of buy local. How did, how, tell me a little bit about that journey. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's interesting because we always look back and, and what we do today seems very sophisticated, but we were just really good at listening. You know, I really started it out with golf courses saying, Hey, how do we connect to locals and how do we give local deals really easily? And so we created a text platform to do that. And and we're, it was a cool local business. We had the golf loop going and hundreds of golfers were getting offers on their phone from local golf courses. But it was actually the golfers that uh, the golf courses that came to me and sort of changed how the business would grow. And, and they said at the time, they were like, you know, we we have a challenge. We need more young people in golf. We want more females in golf. Like you're going to end up with a database full of all the golfers, but we need to actually attract new customers and a different type of customer. And so that pushed me to be like, well, I mean, if I want young people, I need to add pubs and activities or you add spas. And so it was like, I think we need to expand what we offer. And it was at the time that like Groupon and all the deal companies were really failing. They weren't doing things that made sense for local business. I mean, taking a huge revenue share was a huge challenge. And when we talked to our users, they all said, they're like, we just love that you have cool local brands and the cool golf courses. So we, we set off on a path to sort of 
build a communication tool and a platform that would allow businesses from any industry to connect to consumers. And today we've done that. So Get in the Loop for Business is a tool that allows a business to communicate a local offer, a punch card loyalty reward. They can highlight their happy hour or sales and promotions. So it's really a tool that a business can shape themselves on how they're trying to attract new customers. And then the Get in the Loop app we launched uh, became a marketplace where consumers can find the best way to shop and support local while getting rewarded at the same time. And there's been a lot of bumps along the way. We, I mean, it took us a, a long time to get where we are today, but we're, we're really happy with where it's all going. So could you tell us about one bump that was maybe memorable? Oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot. So, I mean, we, we were really in that position that we were so far ahead of the market. You know, when I think about entrepreneurship, the one thing I've learned over time is it's called, you got to hang around. You got to hang around enough for the market to actually understand you. And you talked about your concept. I mean, there's a lot of great concepts that have come up. We've seen so many times and like, we've had to hang around, keep getting better and actually wait for the business to evolve. You know, and for us, that's what we've seen. We, we very early on tried to grow with media companies. And so uh, we ended up partnering with like Bell Media and Chorus Entertainment and Jim Pattison Group, all these great brands. And they taught us a lot. They were great partners. And we would go into markets because we became a partner of radio. Um, and so the radio teams would actually go sell the rights to get in the loop because they wanted to bring a mobile product to, to their and a digital product to their businesses. And then we would grow the get in the loop app audience on air. And it worked really cool. We, we, for two or three years, we went into like 15 cities. We were expanding, but there was challenges. You know, um, we realized that you needed somebody that not only sold the business, but somebody that worked with them, like a local business owner to make a platform like get in the loop very valuable. They need to be creative. And so we needed somebody that worked with them and, and talked to them about their marketing strategy. And then over time, we found to grow our brand, having somebody in a community on that grassroots level, finding partnerships with like minor hockey and universities was so valuable. So we were already a big company in two provinces, 25 cities, and we ended all of our media relationships. So we all of a sudden had no media partnerships. Uh, and I, I can remember sitting there like January 15th of 2018 and being like, that's our whole sales team. Like we're down to zero. We're like we just ended all the partnerships. And that, that challenge, we were in 20 cities, we were figuring out how to stay afloat, and we came up with the concept of getting a loop local. We were going to franchise our platform because we knew that business owners like to meet with other business owners. So if you had an entrepreneur in a market to meet with them, that was big. And then they could be there to service the customers and create awareness. And so out of sort of no choice and realizing you had to do something different and better, we created Get in the Loop Local and it's become the fastest growing franchise in North America. And now we have 180 plus individuals in markets across the country that work with small business today. And all of that came out of having a big bump in the road where you're partnered of all the biggest media companies in Canada. It seems like the right path and you decide to go another way. And today it's been, it's been a right choice, but like, there was a lot of sleepless nights where you wondered if that was the right decision. Can you describe to me a little bit about the feeling of, you know, and what was the, the tipping point at the critical point when you said, we've got to let these media partners go? Like, how did you arrive there? That, that feels like a big decision. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and it was really challenging because we've uh, we've been lucky. We've grown off of revenue and raised investment over time. So, but our investors were investing in us because we were a natural acquisition of media companies. They're going to acquire you. You're going to come in the house and you'll be their mobile strategy. And we thought that, and we sort of ran into that innovator's dilemma. There, there was two things. One was they weren't ready to see the, the forest through the trees. The problem wasn't hard enough yet. They were holding water on their current products. Like I've been a part of media since, I mean, it's been nine years now, and which, I mean, there's a lot of people with a lot more um, background, but it's been the interesting time. I was partnered with newspapers very early on, and they were all like, look at Yellow Pages. That's tough, <laughs> not us. That's right. tough. And, then, and then like 18 months later, 
newspaper was just going down and then radio was like, whoo, glad we're not the paper. And I was sitting there the whole time being like, we're the future, we're the future. And now you look at all traditional media and, and all the eyeballs and ears have transitioned to way different spots and it's all on mobile and online. And we were in their house, you know? So it was like that innovator's dilemma where I knew the future was like that media companies needed products like ours, but they weren't getting it. And I also don't think that their models were set up right. Like actually having an entrepreneur in a local neighborhood that works with the businesses has changed the whole business. It really gives us an advantage and, and a way to support local business that you just couldn't through being a partner of a big media company or a part of a big media company. So it's worked out in the long run, but yeah, you, you know, that was a, that was a big left we had to turn there because it was a very different direction and it's worked out well, but there was, there was a lot of momentum going the other way to say the least. Well, and I think you've introduced me to a new concept, which is, or not, maybe not new, but certainly put words around the innovators dilemma is, um, you know, when you're, when you're, feeling tightness maybe in, a, in some decisions and thinking they're just not getting it, you know, and you, and you know in your gut that they're just not getting it. But to, to make that pivot and go in a different direction is, is you know, sometimes pretty scary. So yeah. And you, and you have to move on. Right. We always felt like, oh, well, like we're like their little brother they pick on. Like we're like the tech company they partnered with, but they don't really care about, you know, so it was like we, we needed to step out and and, and it's today now, now that we became national and, and could control our own destiny. I mean, we sort of sit at the same playing field as them and we all chat and it's sort of funny. I was like, you guys could have owned us, you know, and now, now we're sitting here and we are definitely competing. And one of us has something that people like, and one of us it's changing for. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's changed over time. Well, and I was going to kind of end on this question, but I want to bring it in now because you've already touched on it is um, in your view, what is the future of, I guess, advertising, right? The, the media industry, what, where do you see it headed? Yeah. I mean, it's going to get tougher and tougher for traditional media, I think. And, and so much of it isn't, uh, it's not, it's not within their control anymore today. I mean, eyeballs and ears moved so quickly. Uh, and I think those organizations weren't maybe as innovative as they needed to be to keep up. So I think you're going to see a really, a really big erosion of local newspaper, local radio. I just, I don't think that's going to be there. You know, one thing early on we realized was like local businesses actually losing their voice. Like those were still the channels they could get the word out and attract customers. And those models don't actually work financially anymore. It's not even to say there's not value there for a business. It's, it doesn't work for the newspaper to have as much overhead and to do, because if you look at a business like ours, how lightweight it is, I mean, we have entrepreneurs in neighborhoods across the country and it all runs in the cloud. We don't, we don't have big buildings and towers and programming teams and journalists, like all the things that come with running a local or a regional or national media company that's expensive. And that's all changed. Technology is really changing how that works. So at a local level, I think you're going to see 10 more get in the loops, like more different products and solutions. I think you're going to see companies become a lot more at a, at a local level, like small business, they're going to try and be more illiterate, more, more digitally illiterate than they are. They're going to want to learn more. They're going to adopt more digital products. So we really hope more competitors come to the market in terms of more solutions for small business that are digital and easy to use and, and work well for consumers. And then, and then I think for big brands and big retail, it's just going to get so sophisticated. There's so much money behind it. And there's, there's so many great companies like Shopify and others that are putting so much time into helping expand a, a retailer's ability to facilitate e-commerce. Um, so I think, I think locally, you're going to see a move towards more technology platforms and things like that. Um, but at, at, the, at the big level of big retailers and things, I mean, that's a, there's a lot, of, a lot of change happening there that I don't even think I'm at the right spot to be commenting on. That's changing very, very quickly, right? So where do you, again, it's one of my later questions, but so where are you 
investing in as far as your time or your network or your sources of information to keep to keep abreast of the change and the knowledge necessary yeah it's uh, i mean it's lucky. we're lucky enough that uh, i mean we use internally we have an advisor network that's very connected across the country and and even globally i mean talk to people in europe all that all the time and so uh, that's helping me stay a little bit on the pulse of what's happening in the industry and then and then it's talking with other collaborators you need the right mix of like i'm communicating with leaders of traditional media all the time and hearing how they're doing the big media companies and then i'm communicating with other startups that are my friends or mentors and and learning about how they're trying to attack the market and and trying to then come up with your sort of clear vision of where you can play in that. And, and when we think about it, we're trying to invest a lot as a company in, in a couple of key things. And like one is, it's all about making it easy for a consumer to find businesses and explore and save money at businesses. So it's the consumers have just become so used to just, you can use your phone and everything can happen. And so the more we can make our app and platform, make it easy for a consumer to find and, and, and really engage with a local business. And then you got to make it simple. I think that's one of the things that we're trying to do well and we could do a lot better is uh, for a business owner, we invest a lot of time in how do we make it easy for a local business or a very sophisticated business like Boston Pizza or big brands like that to use the platform because over time, every technology has really taken over marketing, but it doesn't mean everybody's a technologist. Like if you look at the back ends of even Facebook and Google and others, I mean, there's, a, there's very few people in Canada that can operate those at the scale you'd need to, like they're hard, right? So we're a lot to make it easy for business. I think that's where we can win is find the tool that a business can use, get value from, but it's easy and doesn't take their time because business owners are so busy. Well, and you, you know, just spread out Facebook, Google. I mean, those are, those are massive enterprise companies with tons of, of crew. Um, let's talk a little bit about get in the loops, internal crew. You, how big is your staff and how lean you said lean or light? I love that expression. I can just imagine is how many bodies do you actually have have working behind the scenes, not including your ambassadors? Yeah, so we've got uh, internally on the team, we've got about 45 um, full-time, so employees. So we've got about 15 engineers on the, on the development side and then 30 on the operation team. And so uh, our team sort of, uh, although there's divisions broken down in it, it's really, there's sort of a few key things for us. And that is like franchisee success. So we have a whole team and a big team that's dedicated towards supporting our local entrepreneurs and their ability to run the loop franchise and communities. And then, and then outside of that, uh, we've got like our national and strategic accounts team. So getting, we're a partner of, I mean, hundreds of national brands and, and shopping centers and things. So we have our own direct team that works with larger brands and more sophisticated campaigns and things like that. But a lot of the business is geared around, we're in the business of making our entrepreneurs successful. And if they're successful, they're going out and making local businesses and their community successful. Absolutely. And um, so 45, and are they all based in your basement in Kelowna? What's the, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, where are they? That's a change. So we were, uh, we've always been pretty focused on how do you grow the team in, in a centralized area. And we've been lucky. So our head office has been in Kelowna, which is a beautiful city. And, and over time, we've become more of a known fish in a small pond or a bigger fish in a small pond. So we've been able to attract a lot of great people out of Kelowna. But when COVID hit, um, we've sort of, we've changed our strategy quite a bit. So over over the last year, we've we've really hired mostly externally outside of Kelowna. So we've had people now from Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, um, and we opened up a small office in Argentina as well. Um, so uh, another way to just grow access to de development resources down there. But uh, it's it's an office of ours and a team of ours down there. So it's a little different than just like outsourcing development. Uh, it's, uh, but, so you've got uh, a collection was, down yeah. there. Yeah. So you're well and truly managing a distributed team right now. And that's been a, a bit of a pivot. How, what, any 
insider tips on what tools you use that are essential? Yeah. Um, so we use, I think the general stuff, so we use Slack a lot as a company is very helpful. I mean, Google and Google Hangouts and Zoom, which we're on here today. So that's been really helpful. The team's able to communicate a lot. Uh, and then we were, we were really a digital company before. I mean, so we're, we're using uh, products like Confluence and other, and Pipedrive to manage the CRM. And so our team's pretty digitally savvy, but it, it hasn't been without its challenges. I mean, uh, one of the things we had going as an advantage that I've seen really change, and it's, and I think we can get there is like, we were a really cool company to be a part of. Now that's drinking my own Kool-Aid and saying we're great, but we had great culture and team and people and everybody had fun together. And that was a big part of why you wanted to be a part of Get in the Loop is we have a great mission. People want to join our mission. I mean, you're helping thousands of small businesses. It's a community app for Shop Local. Like we don't have, we don't lack people wanting to work here. But uh, I mean, our advantage was we were fun. We did fun things and and work and being displaced has been very different. You know, uh, I've been lucky to meet a few of our, our teammates that have been other cities and gone for a lunch or something, but it's not the same as everybody building relationships around their work. And uh, And we're trying to figure out the best way to do that. I don't think we solved it yet. You know what, Matt? I think everybody's in in kind of the same boat because we, you know, we spend sometimes more hours in our workplace than we do at home, right? So those relationships and what you do is essential. So I think that's a big question for everybody: is how to bring fun and joy and back into relationships um, in this digital age. It, it's tough, right? It, it's really uh, it's tough to do, and and I mean, we're trying to figure out the best way to do that. But we always had a saying in our company was like. To us, work-life balance is love what you do, and then the rest sort of takes care of itself. And totally and, agree. Yeah, but you know, in this scenario, it's like you know, we're we're encouraging people like you're on your computer a little too much. Like unplug and go watch something else. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, and I th- so you have seven current openings, and I was going to ask you what it's like to, to work for Get in the Loop, and that there's the a little bit of the pre-COVID and now the now. Um, but you know, on an in any given day, do you guys communicate regularly, or is it kind of self-driven? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. It's continually changing how we operate, right? So it's a, it's a really interesting, uh, I think, organization to be a part of because it's very cross-functional. I think a lot, of, a lot of companies end up in your divisions, but for us, technology, marketing, sales, and service all have to work together to then support a local business and a community and an entrepreneur that's there. So uh, that's, that's one thing that I think people find really interesting about our business is like, you don't just join marketing and market for the business. Like you're still, you're responsible for being a part of a very cross-functional group that really sees, gets eyesight to the whole, to whole company. Um, we're very, still very a flat organization. As we get bigger, we're getting, uh, you know, I'm learning to be the founder and try and stay uh, out of every meeting. Uh, <laughs> I'm still not very good at, um, but we are, we're, we're still very flat as an organization, very transparent in uh, everybody knows uh, what everybody's working on. Everybody measures each other's numbers together. It's really team, team-based, team but we're, we're a pretty intense company too. You know, uh, I, I came from a sports background and I think that's one of the things that I'm good at as a CEO or a founder is setting the tempo and the pace and, uh, and the commitment it takes to win. And I mean, I, I think our commitment has been one of the reasons we've made it as a company. Like it has not been easy. Like for eight years, we sort of butted up against the future and nobody got that this was where you should go. And, and we've had a group that's been so committed and allowed us to get through that. So we, like, we really, we command commitment out of the team. And, and that's the kind of people that are attracted to us is people that really want to make a difference. And it's a really hardworking group. Like I'm so proud of the team and maybe too hardworking sometimes, but I think that's what you need to do. Uh, it, yeah, that, so that's, that's our culture. We connect. So in like, uh, Groups connect daily. We do a 909 as a company where everybody sees what everybody's doing each week. We write blogs going into the weekend across divisions so see people can see the results and what's being worked on. So we've been really trying to open up the transparency of what everybody's working on. But 
there's no doubt COVID's created challenges on that. I mean, I'm sure we could be doing better. So let's talk a little bit about your crew because, you know, your business model is based on franchising now versus partnerships in the past. Um, Can you talk a little bit, Matt, about the benefits, the risks, can someone apply their own creativity or relationships to the role? And uh, well, let's start with those questions, the actual franchising business model. Yeah. So it's been really interesting to learn about it because we're like, we are like, we have a system that works really well for an entrepreneur to go into a neighborhood and and turn a really good business. Now COVID's made that very different. It's made what we do so important because every business needs get loop and they need a software like ours, but it's also meant local businesses have been really, really crushed sort of economically. Right. So we're, we're, we're dealing with that, but there's, there's some tremendous benefits that come through it. And I think it, it was a really good fit for me is like, I'm very, I feel like at my core, like my strength is my entrepreneurial spirit. And, and so we have just under 100 franchises, it's like 97 franchises so far, which is about 180 entrepreneurs. And like for a business, I think your ability to listen and adapt and be on the pulse of what's changing in the market, especially in our industry is like so crucial. And we have 180 entrepreneurs so far that are looking for that. Like we're out there, like you have entrepreneurs in your business. So they're thinking differently, uh, which is amazing, right? So they're always looking for a better way and, and they're connected to that local community. So there's such an advantage to have this army of entrepreneurs out there that are connected. They care about their communities. They can connect with fellow businesses. Um, and then that becomes its own challenge too. You got 180 individual ideas on how to make this better, right? So it's how do you manage that communication flow back? Um, I mean, we wouldn't trade it for any other way because I'd rather passionate people that care and want to make it better. Um, but that that's the good and the bad of having a franchise network is you, you just get this unbelievable connected group into communities that care so much. But it also it, it also means you get a lot of loud voices that uh, that want to be heard. And but that again, if we if we figure out how to take that and harness that energy into building future solutions for small business, it's like it's the biggest moat and strategic advantage in history. We have hundreds of entrepreneurs that care and are telling us the better way to improve what Getting a Loop does for a business and a consumer. So, so I can't imagine what it would be like to be in a room with 180 Get in the Loop entrepreneurs. I just, I just, I'm having this vision of of a of an event, right? The knowledge, the intellectual property that they would have as far as what's happening at a grassroots local level across Canada. And you're in every province, is that right? Yeah, we're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I'm totally going off on a tangent here, but uh, I I just, you know, I would love to suggest that, you know, that chambers of commerces or, you know, the other organizations that are keen on, you know, on making a difference in connecting local small business should have a conversation with Matt. I hope you don't get like a plethora of, of, phone calls from every economic development corporation in Canada, unless you want it. Yeah. <laughs> and then we can run wave a magic wand and make that happen. It, well, and it's funny, right? Cause we talk about so much that's changed in the pandemic. And I mean that, so before March, we were partnered with about four chambers and BIAs in the country. Uh, today we're partnered with about 75 of them um, right. in the last six months. So they're all partnering with the software and uh, two chambers have bought our franchise, like in Fort Saskatchewan and Grand Prairie, they actually own the franchise in their community. So it proves that even chambers and BIAs see the need for this for businesses. Um, and then when you talk about the energy, that's a really interesting thing because, uh, you're right. There's amazing energy in this group because it is like community-minded hustlers that were like, "I want to get out there and help my business." And they're all they all have a sales focus and they want to work with local businesses. But then it's like this really diverse group, not only in 
if somebody from Vancouver Island and the East Coast of Canada, they could live in different countries. I mean, that's very obvious. We've, we've seen that in terms of the diversity in our country. But we have 21-year-olds that were, you know, they were personal trainers before or 20, and they'd only worked at a gym. And then we have like 57-year-old mechanics that have owned multiple businesses and just they're half retired and they wanted to go out there and help their community. So you've got a wide range of entrepreneurs that are connecting. Um, and then we get really neat insight. Like I do, a, I do a love the grind call Tuesday mornings, which is uh, connecting with all the entrepreneurs early. And we call in and talk about entrepreneurship and, and just what's going on in our business, but also outside of our business to learn together. But like I get off there and it's like, what better really sort of snapshot at the country? We're talking about how's it going to Manitoba? What are small businesses saying? How's it going in Newfoundland? What are you hearing? Like within an hour and a half, I'm talking to entrepreneurs that are talking to hundreds of businesses a week. So the insights we're getting is great. And I mean, it's amazing to see how it's changing. We have some markets that you can get on there. They're like, it's going great again. Everybody's feeling very good. Businesses are opening up and my business is going great. And you have others that are like, we just got put in code red and we're closing down. And you know, they're just a province away and their, their businesses are totally different. Right. So they get to share together and chat about it. So Matt, what do you think would be the general consensus either from yourself as the, as the entrepreneurial spirit behind the, at the helm here or your 180 uh, entrepreneurs, what is the typical marketing mix for a small business and where does get in the loop fit in for them? Yeah, that's, it's a really good question. So, I mean, I think a typical marketing mix for a small business, you know, you, I think you want to be doing a lot of different things. I think today you, I really do believe most of it needs to go to digital, if not all of it uh, at this point, I think that's where you're best spending your time, money and able to measure what's working. And I think over time, I think local business will demand they can measure it. It's not okay just to say it was in the paper anymore, or you can measure it in the till. It's like, you need to actually be able to see the results and learn from those results. I, I do think marketing will get more sophisticated at a local level. And so I think it's, it's twofold. You want to be working with a platform like get in the loop. Cause we're, we really are a turnkey sort of marketing solution they, they, they create these offers and incentives and they can build loyalty and all of that, but also get in the loop is, is, is an omni-channel digital strategy. When that happens, they, that goes out to a local email that puts you on the map. It goes to websites and a mobile app. So there's a lot that comes with that. And I think they need to be looking for sort of that omni-channel digital opportunities. Like they need to be building up their own local loyalty and their own lo loyal database of of email followers. They need to make sure that they're actually active on social. I think it's about a business finding ways like that they can connect to a consumer and know that consumers are changing. They're all going to be looking for you on their phone. And so make sure your listing's up to date on Google. Make sure you have an active social page so consumers trust you and tell them the best ways to communicate with you. So I'm not here saying that getting loops the be all. You need to be doing a variety of things. I do think it should be digitally focused. But the number one thing they need to be doing is be active. They need to actually Care about marketing. Too many businesses sit there and they're worried so much about how they're operating. And the reality is that I think you need to work from the front, make sure customers are coming in and fix the operation over time. And I, I think the biggest problem in local business marketing is they're not active enough and they're not doing enough. Uh, and then they're trying to fix that with one-off purchases of like buying a big radio ad or buying a big newspaper. And it, marketing is never ending and learning, right? That's, that's where I think businesses need to go. Well, and maybe you, even just touching on that comment, which is maybe marketing is, should be, you know, shifted to learning, right? Try this, learn what, if it works, and if not, try a different sort of learning technique as opposed to a marketing spend, consider it a learning investment. You hit it. They need to, they need to actually make it a part of their business. It's not like something you do. Oh yeah, we spend on marketing. It's like, no, that's a part of our strategy. Same as like the strategy was have good food. The other one was like, be good at marketing to people who want good food, you know? <laughs> okay. Right, right, right. 
Well, and one question, I want to shift to the consumer side of things. If you could um, wave a magic wand and create impact, what consumer trend would you like to see happen smarter or faster? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the biggest trend would be is like, I don't think that you're going to get to the point that local business can truly all transition online as quick as we'd like and actually be able to facilitate the same sort of transaction and volume. So uh, the trend I'd like to see is like, consumers really letting businesses catch up. Don't let Amazon win. And when I say that is Amazon's going to be ahead. They're going to make it easier, more affordable, all those things. But a consumer trend I'd like to see is like, slow down, spend 10% more and find a way to support that local business. Don't just click the button on your prime account. And so, and that's, that's not something any of us can solve. That's like consumers. You actually have to work a little harder to go to a local business. You actually have to probably spend a little more. Like it's the reality. They need to care more about that than pressing a button and having it show up. Cause otherwise Local business can't keep up. Amazon's going to get into everything. Um, consumers have to almost toe the line of when they think that convenience and savings is important and, and actually be willing to do it the other way. So I don't know if that was an answer. That It's not like a digital trend. It's, yeah. I love it. I love it. And um, so on a more sort of policy and advocacy side of things, um, given that you are national, you have a great perspective. So what would you like to see happen that would create space for more Canadian business decision makers and entrepreneurs to create impact. Yeah, I mean, is, are you talking like in terms of that's a big one? Um, are, are you are you talking in terms of uh, like COVID or just general? Just general. I think I think general. Let's because uh, COVID, you know, will have a lasting impact. I'm not sure if we can differentiate between them, but what policies or advocacy? I mean, we talked about consumers, but what would create a better environment? for business decision makers and entrepreneurs to thrive. Yeah. And I think it's two things. Like one is like consistency. You know, the biggest thing that I see and the biggest thing I see our businesses being challenged with across the country is like business owners, all any kind of business owner, they're pretty innovative and they'll make a plan. But the hard thing you can't do is, is like, is not, is not know what you're playing against. You don't know the competitor. And so, you know, I, I use an example right now, which is as markets are deciding when to close and open, if they would have just went, go the most conservative we can, tighten it up, and just everybody's going to operate this way for a year, businesses can plan around that. They'll find ways to make money. They'll find ways to get to consumers. But when the rules change, it's really hard, really hard, right? So I actually think we were better off. We would have been better off economically, you could argue, if you stayed in a semi-lockdown forever because a business would have figured it out. But that you're making them go hire more, order inventory, and then they got to change and pivot. That's so hard to not be able to plan. So I think consistent- that's a great analogy, man. Thank you. And that's- one other thing I think that could be really neat that consumers could do more. And this was a, an idea that I read. I think Elon Musk came out with it. And I thought it was such a neat thing. It was like, we have baby showers and reveal showers and like 15 things we celebrate as, as like individuals and consumers. Like, and he, it was an idea I read somewhere on social it was like, like have an open your business celebration. Like how often do you go and say, my friend just invested and they're going to be an entrepreneur and we all go celebrate and we buy gift cards and we like, you know, a, a business launching opportunity. And I think consumers need, and they're seeing that they need to get behind entrepreneurs more because it's hard. Entrepreneurship's hard. And I think consumers can do more to support entrepreneurs and new business owners and things like that. Awesome. Matt, thank you for your time. I want to get a sense of how we can get a hold of you post podcast. What's the, what's the best way to connect? Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, I'll put my email. It's uh, matt.crowl at getintheloop.ca. If anybody wants to get in touch with me and think there's a reason we should chat, uh, I'm, uh, I'm always an open book and, and want to have conversations for people that see opportunities. And then they can, uh, they can check out our business at getintheloop.ca or getintheloop.local.com uh, if you're looking for a, a franchise opportunity with us. So that would be the best way. 
And then the actual app itself is on all the app stores. Yeah, iOS and uh, Android app stores, and it's just get in the loop all one word, and they can download the app there to learn more about the best way to find stuff in their communities. Awesome. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to doing more work with Get in the Loop in the future. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Have a great day.